If you want to contact me, or if you want me to read something, or even if you just have any questions about myself or the book, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Chapter 16, Wings of Fire, The Brightest Night. Before I start this episode, I would like to give a shout out to Linus. Thank you for your support. The plan was to go straight to the rainforest. As tempted as Sunny was by the idea of meeting her father, she was more worried about her friends. She needed to get back and warn them, fast. But the weather had other plans. A gale-force wind howled down the mountains that, that night, carrying with it the worst storm Sunny had ever been caught in. Not that she'd encountered many, living in caves her whole life. But there was that one hurricane in, kingdom, in the Kingdom of Sea, <clears throat> and Sunny was pretty sure this was worse. Or maybe it only felt worse because she was alone and caught outside with no shelter and rapidly becoming very, very wet. The rain pelted in her eyes and dragged down her wings while the wind kept trying to slam her into the cliffs. And the whole time, thunder roared as though the clouds were playing drums on the mountaintop. Lightning crackled terrifyingly close to her wings, and Sunny thought, I won't be able to save anyone if I end up as a fiery heap in a, rav- in a ravine. She veered toward the peak of Jade Mountain, the one solid thing she could identify in the driving storm. Will he be there? Will he want to meet me? Will he be scary or awful or dangerous? Will he be like Orca and the crazy animus seawing who killed all those dragonettes? She wished she had Clay or Tsunami with her. That would have her that would have been better. She could have gone back to the rainforest first, gotten one of them to come along, so she didn't have to meet her mysterious, powerful, potentially homicidal father alone. But the storm drove her on as if it had talons of its own, dragging her up the mountain with shrieking fury. Soaking wet, Soaking wet, exhausted, and shivering with anxiety, Sunny finally crash-landed in a cave high up on the mountain south side. She stumbled to a stop, scraping her scales painfully on the rocky floor. She shook out her wings in a flurry of droplets. It was dark inside, and Sunny thought it was unlikely that she'd ever accidentally wander in the exact cave where her father lived. Surely there were other caves all over the mountain. But the darkness made her uneasy, and cautiously she breathed out a plume of fire. Nothing. An empty stone cavern loomed around her, not that different from the one she'd grown up in. She breathed more fire, letting it warm her from the inside, and searched the cave until she found a thick branch that had been swept inside by the storm. She set it ablaze and held it up to use as a torch. The light flickered, the light the flickering light revealed a gap in the rocks in the black in the back corner. When she investigated, she found a sort of natural tunnel that seemed to lead farther into the mountain, to a cave system that probably ran all the way through it. Sunny hesitated, leaning against a stone wall. Should she rest here and fly on in the morning? Maybe she could leave unnoticed and come back when she had reinforcements. But how could I get this close to my father and not try to see him? She thought of peril and kestrel, and I'll pest. Peril had thought they'd have more time to get to know each other. You never know what might happen. That decided her. Holding up the torch, she slipped into the gap and started down the rocky slope beyond. She wandered for what felt like a long time, marking the walls with her claws whenever she came to a fork in the tunnel. She found caves dripping with stalactites, 
clambered over rocks like giant bubbles, flew over a dark pool with no ripples where her torch reflected eerily across the glassy surface. It felt familiar, big underground like this. She wondered if any other dragons, especially other sandwings, would be more unnerved by these surroundings. But this was so similar to the small, enclosed world she grew up in. She almost expected to turn a corner and find the study cave, with this map spread against one wall and squirrels piled in the corner, and her friends arguing over who would play Blaze when they acted out the history of the war. And then she stopped in a narrow passageway with a low, craggly ceiling. Was that breathing? She held her own breath and listened. Sounds like breathing. Air rasped quietly somewhere, in and out, as if something large were sitting concealed in the shadows, not too far away, maybe even watching her. Sunny scales crawled and she clutched the torch closer. Don't panic. Listen. After a long moment, she realized that the breathing was even, even and rhythmic. That's not the sound of something lurking. That's the sound of a dragon sleeping. She crept up a passageway towards a noise. I think it's this way. Sharp edges of rocks caught on her tail and stabbed at her feet. Closer and closer. The torchlight flickered suddenly, dipping and swaying, and then Sunny felt it as well. A gust of wind whistling down the tunnel from far away. She lifted the torch higher and saw that the tunnel widened into a cave only a few paces ahead. At first she edged closer. As at first she as she edged closer, the cave looked empty. But then the firelight reflected off something black and glossy in the shadows against the back wall. Scales. Black scales, rising and falling in sleep. It was a nightwing for sure. Sunny stopped and stared at the sunlight dragon. Is that my father? He was bigger than Thorn, but not enormous, nowhere near the size of Marasir or Burn. Deep lines were etched into his face, so he looked as if he were in pain, even in his sleep. His talons were curled awkwardly into stiff shapes and his tail flopped heavily along the ground behind him, barely moving as he breathed, as though it were made of stone. Sunny took a quick breath in and then stepped closer. It wasn't just his tail. Other parts of the dragon, his back legs, his shoulder, the edges of his wings, looked heavier and thicker than a normal dragon scales. Like he's actually turning into stone. Is that possible? She lifted the torch and peered at the section of the tail closest to her. The black scales looked like dark pebbles here, sinking into the skin below. She was so preoccupied seeing the old pheno- odd phenomenon that it took her a moment to realize that the dragon's eyes had opened and he was staring back at her. Oh, she gasped, jumping back. I'm sorry. I didn't, I mean, I didn't mean to wake you. I was the storm. I don't bite, he said in a deep, serious voice. Oh, Sunny said again. Well, that's good. You mean you don't bite other dragons, right? Like me? Are you being reassuring? He blinked slowly at her. I don't bite other dragons. Great, said Sunny, not feeling very reassuring. It was unsettling how he hadn't moved a muscle of his body as he spoke to her. Even his jaw seemed to hinge very slowly, very slowly open for him to talk. So, uh, hi, I'm Sunny. He didn't answer. She waited for a moment and then said, Are you still mover? That seemed to surprise him a little. If the tiny flickers of movement in his brows meant anything. Yes. It is my father. It's really him. He's still alive and right in front of me. He doesn't even look crazy and homicidal. He just looks sad. Stonemover blinked again. 
How did the Talons of Peace, how did the Talons find out my name? I'm not from the Talons, she said. Did, did the Talons come here? All right, Kestrel said we could send her a message through you. I guess that would be useful when you're in underground movement and never know where you'll have to hide. True, he said. After all, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, Sunny said, glancing at the scales. Because, what happened to you? You're noisier than the Talons, he observed, but without anger in his voice. It, it, it's, it is my animus curse. Really, Sunny said? That happened to you when you used your magic? I thought you lose your, you know, soul or something. Not this. She waved her claw at the petrified scales weighing him down. I'll turn the magic on itself, he said. The curse appears in my scales now, instead of taking my soul. He sighed through his nose, a sad, winding sound that drifted, that's, that's, with windy sound with drifts of smoke. Too late anyways. Too late for what? Sunny asked. My soul, he managed. He managed to turn his head in a fraction toward her with an eerie creaking sound. His dark eyes were still and unreadable as the underground cave lakes. The things I've done. You mean like building the tunnels? Sunny said. And now there was a definite flash of surprise all the way through his eyes. Then it faded and his eyes narrowed as he examined her from horn to tail. It might have been scary once, his expression, except the rest of him was so pathetic and sad. He could hardly even move. Sonny didn't even feel afraid of him. Who are you? I'm... Oh, this felt awkward. Just throwing it out there mid-conversation. But how else could you tell him? Was there an easy, not shocking way to break this kind of news? Okay, the truth is, I'm your daughter. Thorne's my mother. I only just found out her... Her... Just, wow, just yesterday? No, two days ago. And she told me about you, and Sunny talked on, not sure what to think of the expression drawing across the stone mover's face. Confusion? Suspicion? Hope? Dismay? Maybe anger? And I wanted to meet you. I hope that's, I hope you, well, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know, it's weird, because she never got to, a chance to tell you about me, so, um, we had eggs, he rasped. You had me. Sunny said, an egg, one dragonet, just me. She looked down at her talons. Mother wanted to tell you, but she never got your note. She didn't know you were here until she found it yesterday. She's been looking everywhere for you. Her father sighed through his nose and closed his eyes. I thought she'd given up on me. She might have now, Sunny said, trying to prompt more of a response. Why didn't he care more? Why hadn't he tried harder? She felt a wave of sympathy for her mother. Why didn't you go look for her? I'm not the right dragon for Thorn, he said. Perhaps I never was. She obviously thought you were, Sunny pointed out. She really worried about you. He sighed again. He sighs a lot, Sunny thought, wishing she could poke him, poke something into his nose to make him stop. There's nothing I can do. I did all the things, all the wrong things a long, long time ago. Nothing can change that. Something suddenly scrabbled in the dark nearby and suddenly nearly leaped onto Stoneweaver's back in terror. But when she swung the torch around and then down, the light reflected off tiny little eyes and pointed ears and wet russet fur. It was a fox, sauntering into the cave as bold as anything. Sunny realized it had come down another passage, and she could feel the wind coming from that direction as well. 
The passage must lead to an exit out to the mountainside. The fox carried a dead squirrel in its jaws, and it gave Sonny a scornful look, as if it certainly didn't expect her to dare pick a fight with someone as tough as him. Shoot, Sonny said sternly. Go find yourself another cave. Oh, this is oh, this is dinner, Stonemover said. He hinged his jaws open, and Sonny wondered. And to Sonny's wonder, the fox trotted over and dropped the squirrel right into his mouth. It stepped back, gave Sonny another haughty look as Stonemover began to chew. Wow, Sonny said. A fox is intelligent too, she thought. Like scavengers? What if all animals are smart are smarter than we think they are? If there's going to be any prey left that I won't feel bad about eating? How do how did you train it to do it? How did you train it to do that? she asked. Stonemover waited until he swallowed, and then he said I didn't. I enchanted him. Sunny frowned at the fox. You mean with animus magic? That only works on things, not animals. Turns out it works on animals, said Stonemover, if you're desperate and try hard enough. She folded her wings in and shivered. That's creepy. Dinner doesn't mind, he replied, and it took her a moment to figure it out. You called the fox dinner? She said, why not? His shoulders moved an infinitesimal amount, the smallest of shrugs. Because that's peculiar, she said, and really, really creepy for him. If he knew what you were saying, I don't think about it, he said. I've never introduced him to anyone before. Anyway, I only intended him to bring me food every few days. He still has a fine, ordinary life as a fox, I'm sure. As if to answer this, Dinner shook himself vigorously, scattering water all over Sunny, and then trotted out of the cave again. I mean, Stonemover concluded, I have to do something or I would have starved. Hmm, Sunny said. She didn't like the thought of any dragon using the magic to command a living thing. Would animus magic run something bigger than a fox? She didn't want to follow that thought to its possible conclusion. Can't believe I have a daughter, Stonemover said, and Sunny felt a little warmer towards him, hearing the sadness in his voice. I used to dream... I would think about what our dragonets might look like if Thorn and I ever... But I thought it was too late. But you didn't picture me, Sunny said, tr- uh, said Sunny said ruefully. I don't have the same ring tail barb. I also don't have any cool night ring powers. I always thought maybe I looked weird because of the prophecy somehow, but... He would have sat up if he could. She could tell. His head twitched a little closer to her. He'd be something like... Squ- he breathed, smelled... His breath smelled like squirrel. Prophecy? About the dragonette saving the world and stopping the war, Sunny said. You know, you must know. Yes, he mused. I'm one of them, she said, hidden away from the rival queens. That's me. It's kind of a long story. But he started and paused. And then Sunny was scared, because the look in his eyes was the look of news she knew she didn't want. And it was... Righteously in pity, and truth is the important thing, and she didn't want it. She didn't want him to say it. Stop, don't, she blurted, but at the same time he said, But don't you know? The prophecy isn't real, 